0: You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We are here to remind you that you're grown and you got this. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook. Okay, so let's talk about the mistakes I want you to avoid before filing for a divorce. There's a good chance that you have already made some of these mistakes, and I'm gonna just forgive you right now, but I'm gonna tell you, stop it, stop it, stop it. Here's what we're gonna do. I want you to have a piece of paper and a pen or pull out the notes app on your phone, or whatever you have to kind of take notes or outline. I'm gonna give you the mistakes first, and then we're gonna go back and we're gonna talk about them. But I want you to have them someplace so that you can bring it up as your reference point when you're having those moments of, I'm about to do something stupid. You can look on your list and be like, oh, right, Mm -mm, nope. So that's not what we're gonna do, okay? All right, so first, threatening divorce. Two, not researching your state laws. Three, deciding to self-represent without first talking to a lawyer. Four, agreeing to terms without fully understanding what you're agreeing to, even if it's written down. Five, verbal agreements. And six, no financial planning. All right, let's talk. First and foremost, threatening divorce. Stop it right now, full stop. Do not threaten divorce. If you are having challenges in your marriage, then I want you to get help. Call a therapist as soon as you stop listening to the podcast. You see what I did there? I want you to listen to the episode first, and then I want you to call a therapist. But I want you to get help. A therapist, a spiritual advisor, a lawyer, whatever you need to do, but you have to get help. But you're not going to continue to play this game of I want a divorce, I'm gonna get a divorce, I'm filing for a divorce, stop it right now. You might be thinking, well, I'm not even the one who is asking for the divorce, or even brought up the D word, it's my spouse. Okay, well, stop that too. The next time your spouse brings it up, call them out. I've heard this before, what are we doing? What's the plan? What's your plan? This gameplay is not healthy for either of you. You deserve better than that game. Stop it, stop it, stop it. We are not threatening divorce. If you truly want to remain married and to stay married despite what may be going on in your relationship, then do the work that needs to get done in order to move you into a healthy and happy relationship. But anybody who is threatening a divorce or using it as a tool to manipulate, intimidate, embarrass, harass, all these things is not interested in being in a healthy or happy relationship and that might be you okay? You're not listening to this episode because you wanted touchy-feely. You're listening to this episode to get educated and empowered. And sometimes that means having a girlfriend who's going to tell you about yourself. If you're doing it, I see you and I want you to stop. Okay. Our next mistake that we're not going to make anymore is not researching our state laws every state is different. So whether you live in California or New York or Hawaii or Florida, the laws in your state are different. If you are listening to our podcast and you are outside of the United States, the same is true for you. In your country, your state within your country, Yes, make no mistake, I was a social studies teacher before I became a divorce attorney, and states are also in other countries, not just the United States, but I digress. Okay, wherever you live, make sure that you know the laws in your area. It's really important, and even within your state Get comfortable in knowing the rules of your kind of county. You may not have a county seat. Maybe it's within your city boundaries., um, but you want to make sure and check to see if there are specific rules of how um, things operate in within your within your county or um within your uh, city lines or jurisdiction, okay? It's really important why is it important and why is it a mistake not to research that because you don't know the rules of the game right you you don't know how this process is going to operate you don't know what the court is looking at when it's thinking about making a decision about child support or alimony or spousal support you don't know the factors that a court is going to consider when allowing you to move from Texas to Illinois. So you don't know how to then otherwise prepare to mediate. You don't know how to prepare for a hearing or a trial. And if you don't know, then there's no way that you can actually be successful at all in the process. So it's a huge mistake to not educate yourself about this process in your state. As a starting point, you can go to our website, which is growngirldivorce.com. We do have some state resources available to you to get you started. Take advantage of the information that we have available because that's a great starting point as you start now down the road of figuring out what is kind of the rule book, what's the gameplay in your area. I want you to be educated. I want you to be empowered throughout this process. And it is a huge mistake to not research your state laws. All right. Our next one. Okay. This is a cost thing and I'm sensitive to that. So before, um, Anybody gets upset and says, well, I can't afford a lawyer. And so now you're telling me I have to get a lawyer. That's not what I'm saying. Let's talk about this. Deciding to self-represent is okay. There's nothing wrong with representing yourself and circumstances might require you to do so. But here's the mistake. The mistake is without first talking to a lawyer. Okay. So now How is it a mistake, Kim, if I can't afford a lawyer and you just said that it's okay to self-represent, but now you're telling me it's a mistake to not first talk to a lawyer? All right, well, here's how. There are free legal services that are otherwise available for question and answer type things. You can search them out. There are nonprofit organizations that do like free call to speak with an attorney. Most states and the county um, that your um, courthouse sits in, so your circuit court or your county court oftentimes has a help desk or a pro se, which is self-represented desk where you can receive information about specific things that you might have questions about. That's why it's important to at least touch base with a lawyer so that if you are trying to determine child support and you're not sure whether or not certain income is counted Don't just rely on the Google search because you could get 10 different answers and 10 different calculations, okay? However, if you go to the self-help desk or if you call a hotline that walks you through the process, your chances are, that your chances of getting the information that you're looking for are much greater because now you have connected with an individual lawyer to get that information. The other thing that you can do is have your questions ready during a free consultation or a low-cost consultation with an attorney, and then they can give you or at least point you in the direction of where to actually find the information. So let me give you an example. You call around because you're considering hiring a lawyer. Even if you decide, long-term not to work with the lawyer you can meet with them for a one-hour consultation assuming that they just do an hour some lawyers might agree to more than an hour that's few and far between most try to keep consultations between 30 minutes to an hour um and they may charge you for that one hour of time. But even if that one hour of time is $350 or $500 and you go in with your list of here are the four things that I absolutely need to understand, there is a benefit to getting that information. Ideally though, I would like for you to work with somebody to really kind of walk you through here are my rights. Here are my responsibilities. Here are things for me to keep an eye out for so that you are equipped with the information. Even if you decide to self represent for those who are thinking we're each going to keep on and we don't have anything between us. And you know, I think it'll be fine. I want you to go and meet with somebody just to be sure. It doesn't hurt to spend an hour to make sure that everything that you think is covered is covered. It is a mistake to not do so, okay? I don't want us making these mistakes that end up costing us in the long run. So it's okay to self-represent, but it's a mistake to do so without first talking to a lawyer. Okay, our next one, Oh, this one upsets me so much that I don't even know where to begin. And it's because we are making really, really bad agreements without knowing we are making bad agreements, but we're doing it anyway. All right. Do not agree to terms without fully understanding them, even if they're written down it's great that the two of you have written down that you're keeping the house and your spouse is keeping the cars, you're each keeping your student loans, and nobody is paying support ever. Okay, yeah, that's great. But here's the problem. The problem is, we haven't exchanged any financial documents We don't know what the law says about waiver of support. We have no clue how to get child support if we've reserved it. We have a joint account and I assumed that my name would be taken off but now I'm getting calls six months later about overdrafts but I agreed that we would keep it open here are the issues that come into play when we agree to things that we don't fully understand. I want you to make sure that agreements truly are understood by you before you say yes. Okay? I cannot stress this enough. When you make an agreement during a legal process, People hold that and hold you to that as they should and as you should when somebody makes an agreement on something. But it becomes a problem when you agree to something that you didn't really understand because getting out from under an agreement, especially if it's now been entered into a court order or a judgment, is very hard and unbelievably expensive. So do not make the mistake of agreeing to something that you don't understand. If you're working with a lawyer, ask questions. Read everything. Question everything. If you're concerned about their hourly rate, If there's an associate or a paralegal or a legal secretary, I don't care who it is, get them on the phone and ask your questions. If you don't wanna talk because they charge more when you call versus email, which is true because it's more expensive to get on the phone with a client than email, so email them, great. Put it in writing. I don't understand what paragraph five says. Please explain it to me. Ask that thing five times if you have to. I want you to get comfortable, 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 comfortable with understanding what you're agreeing to. You're not dumb. You are an intelligent, well-spoken individual, but this stuff is hard. Legal terms, legal phrases are hard to understand even if they seem to be simple. Make sure you understand them. It doesn't help that you're already emotional and that clouds our judgment and it clouds our decision-making and ability to think clearly. So I want you to ask questions. If you've got a girlfriend who can read it over and you say to her, now, what does that mean to you? Or what do you think that means? Or does that mean this? And she's looking at you like, I don't know. Then that tells you, you need to go back and make sure. It upsets me to no end when I see women, especially us, who sign off on things, who agree to things, and I know good and well they don't know what it says do not do that to yourself to your children you have to understand what you're agreeing to especially when it's in writing that moves me to our next one which is about verbal agreements okay i'm gonna tell you right now no such thing stop it right now we're not agreeing to anything that is oral okay no that's not how this works if somebody wants to put an offer on the table you keep the house i keep the cars or you know you're going to move out and i'm going to buy you out then i want it in writing you need receipts okay you need it crystal clear you need it written out and we don't need any well, uh, I thought you said, uh, well, I heard, uh, nope, no, ma'am, not doing that. There's no such thing as a verbal agreement. Sorry. We have so many ways now to get things in writing. I mean, pen and paper, digital, text. I, I don't care how you write it, but you need to write it and make sure that the other person confirms whatever it is that was written. Stop making agreements without putting them and confirming them in writing. And then stop agreeing to things that are are written that you really don't understand. Okay? That's going to get us in big trouble. Those are really dangerous mistakes that people make. And I want you to avoid making that. So I'm sharing with you in a way that I hope you're receiving and I hope you're feeling my sense of urgency in communicating these things to you because time and time again, I'm really seeing some really bad things that are happening and I don't want you to be on the receiving end of those things. Okay, moving to our last one and it's financial planning. It doesn't have to be complicated, okay? I, I, I don't want you to concern yourself in thinking, now I've got to get a financial advisor. Now I have to have some sort of whole comprehensive plan. I have to... Nope. Nope. Be easy. Give yourself grace. Give yourself space. But you need a plan. Going through a divorce is a financial hurdle. Even if you are the breadwinner, even if resources are not really of concern, they will change as a part of a divorce. Whether it's income that changes because maybe you're now paying child support or spousal support, maybe you are sharing a portion of your retirement or your receiving retirement, maybe as a part of the division of assets, the savings account that you thought you were going to have uh, is no longer available because y'all have now spent it on legal fees. These are real things. You need a plan. Putting together a plan can look like sitting down with pen and paper or an Excel spreadsheet, listing out, here's my income, here are my assets, here are my debts. When we go from one household to two households, these are the expenses that I'm still gonna be responsible for. And really putting pen to paper or clicking through the spreadsheet, understanding your cash flow you might have to make some changes. Maybe instead of going to Starbucks seven days a week, maybe you can only go three days a week. Or frankly, maybe you can buy a Keurig and make your own coffee at home. Maybe instead of shopping at Whole Foods, you consider shopping at Trader Joe's, not like that's that much cheaper these days, or Aldi or Kroger or... Um, you know, Publix. But thinking about where you can save money. There will be a financial impact when you go from one household to two households. So keep those things in mind. But the only way to really get out ahead of how do I mitigate or how do I lessen the impact is by having a plan. If you have the ability to connect with a financial advisor, then do so. Most financial advisors um, offer complimentary service. Uh, The fees kick in once you start um, kind of investing in their um, the the things that they're selling, and so you know certain uh insurance plans or certain in investments um that you make then usually those come um at a at some sort of a a fee associated with um the investment portfolio generally though they'll put together a plan for you um at no cost but if even that is intimidating or you're a little nervous about even talking to someone about your finances go to our website We have some information in terms of um, resources. There are some great uh, women out there who are really doing some really good things as it relates to uh, providing financial resources, financial information that are either free or low cost. So check those out. It doesn't hurt, again, to... Um, Reach out to friends and family, somebody who you know is really good with saving money or has a really good head on their shoulders as it relates to, um, you know, putting together a budget. Talk to them. Get some information. Don't make the mistake of trying to do this by yourself. Having a good financial plan is perfectly um, fine and it Is what you need to do in order to um, move forward into the this next phase um, as we prepare you to go from one from one household to two households. Okay, it is a mistake not to have a financial plan in place um, because you deserve to land as softly as you can as you move forward into this next step. Okay, so Let me run them through again, so again, you can call them up as you are processing through the divorce process, and you will hear my voice in your head saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that, we're getting it together. So our first one, threatening divorce, let it go, stop it right now. Number two, not researching our state laws, research, 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 educate, educate, educate even if we have a lawyer, be armed with information. Number three, deciding to self-represent without first talking to a lawyer. Again, it's okay if you decide that I'm going to represent myself, but at least talking to a lawyer to make sure that all T's are crossed and I's are dotted is great. Number four, agreeing to terms without fully understanding them, even when written, We are not doing that. We are not agreeing to anything unless we are clear about what we are agreeing to. Full stop. Number five, no, no, no oral verbal agreements. We do not do that. If somebody wants to propose something and they want you to agree, then they can write it down. The same is true for you. Do not offer up something and agree to give something without then otherwise confirming it in writing. That's anything. I'm picking up the kids tomorrow. I am loaning you $5,000 for the retainer. I don't care what it is. Write it down, get it confirmed. We are no longer doing this. I'm agreeing to things orally. I want it written down, please. And our last one is no financial planning. Get a plan, get a budget. It doesn't have to be sophisticated, doesn't have to be complicated, but it needs to be something that's in place so that our money and um, our assets and property are taken care of and so that debts are organized and sorted in a way that we are on top of them. Planning, planning, planning is really important when we are making this um, transition from one household to two households. That's it. Those are our mistakes that you're not going to, to make. And I know that you can do this. Know that anytime that you accomplish one of these or you avoid a mistake, I am rooting for you. I am proud of you. I know that this is hard, but I know you can do it. Anytime you slip up, it's all right. Just start again, but pull out your list and remind yourself as you go through this process of what you're not going to do so that you can see your way all the way through. And the best part about it is when you finish with your divorce and you've got all of these things kind of checked off, let me know. Go to the website, shoot me a note and say, you know what? I did it. I avoided these mistakes or, you know, I fell down, but I got back up. I want you to do well. I want you to be educated, but more importantly, I want you to be empowered both today and in the future. As always, sharing is caring. And so please share this episode, other episodes, and our resources with others, because girl, you never know who needs the support. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.